The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome into your Monday morning. Marsha Kavalik here, back fresh from vacation. You'd think I'd do a, a better job this morning, but we had all these tech issues. But uh, so glad, so glad we're back and everything's working. Well, uh, we're trying. We're trying. We're getting there slowly but surely. So uh, our fun here is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. They are your full service lawyers uh, working in Virginia, or excuse me, West Virginia and Maryland. <laughs> and you can contact them online 24-7 at suttonandjanelle.com or visit their historic downtown location. And we appreciate their support of local radio. We got to get you to start doing that a little bit more. Get you a little cleaner on that. <laughs> but yeah, Sutton practice, and Janelle. right? Yeah, shout out Sutton and Janelle. Their historic location in downtown Martinsburg. But um, Are you correcting? You're correcting my... No, I just... Yeah. My whole fine. day would be thrown All off fine. if I didn't say that, I don't think. But how was your uh, quick little trip? It was It was good. You know, as advertised, I, I did a lot of schlepping. We did. Yeah. We moved my, my kiddo out of her apartment that she'd been in in two years. Thankfully, her boyfriend with muscles came and, and helped us move her out so that was excellent and then we had a a long trip back up the coast and uh we took our time saw some spots picked up a few little uh, trinkets for you that's right you got me an alligator egg (laughs) i appreciate you wanted an alligator and so the kids were they they were both like dedicated to try to find you an alligator and i'm I'm like we're not buying jordan an alligator it's not happening (laughs) <laughs> and then now, uh, say now I got to bring you back a bunch of stuff whenever I go. But you got me uh, alligator. You got me uh, was it Jekyll Island? Yeah, Jekyll Island. It's one of my uh, favorite thing. places in the world. Pretty cool. Put yeah. some pins in it. Yeah. Got me bicycle posters, which you know that was uh, definitely appreciated for yeah. sure. So hopefully so thank you'll you. hang those up. Use them. In, use them all in good health. And yeah, it, it's well, not if you have a, a baby ca- baby alligator in your studio. It's not morning, happening. If, then no. uh, you know where that came from. No. But, but anyways, it's been uh, a very busy news uh, cycle here around the Panhandle since you've been gone. It has. So, um, yeah, we we got uh, press releases from the Sheriff's Department on a couple of different things. One was um, they passed along information from the U.S. Marshals Service. And they, you know, they always, law enforcement always works together mm-hmm. um, to bring these things to a close. But, uh, close, but U.S. Marshals Task Force arrested a man wanted out of New York on homicide charges um, July 19th, so they, uh, in you know, cooperation with local law enforcement, arrested Zymir Humphrey, age 19, who was wanted by New York police for homicide committed in Manhattan in May of this year. Um, the Mountain State Fugitive Task, Court, Task Force uh, developed information that he was staying in the area of Shasta Lane in Martinsburg, and then they, they you know, went on surveillance, observed him entering and entering. Um, and describes the the vehicle and all of that. Anyway, um, they arrested him on Golf Course Road, just east of Grapevine Road, without incident. And so all of this stuff is happening. You know, you know, you see a car pulled over. I'm sure people passing by really didn't. Yeah, you just think that guy was speeding or yeah. you know illegal lane change or something. 
Right. So um, anyway, acting U.S. Attorney, uh, U.S. Marshal Terry Moore, um, you know, appreciated their efforts to remove violent offenders from communities, safeguard the neighborhoods, and uh, they lauded the cooperation among the Martinsburg Police Department, Berkeley County Sheriff's Office, and West Virginia State Police in uh, in exacting this arrest. Absolutely. Pretty cool. Yeah, you never know what you're going past when you're... Uh, no, you don't. Over. And I try not to stare because I think if I was... Being, yeah, you wouldn't want anybody looking if at If I was you. being pulled over for speeding, for example, I wouldn't want people like, oh my gosh, look, she just, <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. But then, you know, I I imagine there was a bit of a police presence yeah. at that arrest my, uh, once I figured out who it was. Say my rule, and I've uh, adjusted this rule ever since when I was a uh, young whippersnapper uh, that got into a fender bender because I was staring at an accident. <laughs> oh, I no. have, Yeah, I was that person. Right next to it, too. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Cracked my engine block. It was it was crazy. <gasps> oh, yeah. that's really crazy. bad. Is that covered when you in insurance? Great question. I have no idea. Okay. I wasn't old enough to be handling all that okay. uh, quite yet. But yeah. Um so when I'm going past somebody pulled over two plus cars. Two plus cop cars. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll give a little bit of extent. I won't look like for any longer than maybe three seconds. Okay. Right. But the more cars, the longer you're looking. This is a good rule. Yeah. Yeah. If it's one cop car doesn't affect it that's fine we keep it moving not even looking right once they get past it two cup cards you can give a glance mm-hmm. see if they got somebody out right He's, maybe cuffed up right three and more then you're probably stopped anyways so uh-huh. then you can really look these are rules to live by see? you know a hazard of this job is that we get into the weeds with some of the you know how how these officers searched a vehicle and all that so i'm thinking okay that many vehicles law enforcement vehicles what if it's a, a you know a bomb or mm-hmm. what if the car is going to, so I give them as much birth as I can and uh, try to, you know, glance with enough time to kind of absorb what is happening without gawking. Right. But and always, hard. Re- and always remember if there's a emergency vehicle on the side of the road, if you can get over, move over. Right. Absolutely. Flashing lights. If you can do over. it safely. Right. Right. So that I had a rental car and, um, is it the one that's out there? Mm-hmm. I was wondering whose that was. Yeah. I, it's, I, I like it. it it's rental, a nice car. Rental cars are just a big test drive. I know. And then you then you get back into your car. <laughs> and so I did this. I did this when I was uh, covering the uh, West Virginia Super Six um, football stuff a couple of years ago. And uh, the car I had at the time was absolutely the most unreliable car. It never like broke down fully, but it wasn't good enough to drive all the way to Wheeling, right? So I got a rental car. Nice car. Can't remember what it was exactly, but it was like a sedan, whatever. Had like the touch screen, had all the bells and whistles, right? So drive it for the weekend, come back, get into my car, which was dirty and had like shoes and clothes thrown around right. and oh. things. I'm like, oh, how awful back is this Back to car? reality, like, this right? This car sucks. This, yeah. this one, and and it's a dream to drive. I, it's very comfortable. And the it was AC Equinox, works. I think it's on Yes. There? Yeah. And, and, you know, they give you the, the newest brand and whatever. It's like less than 25,000 miles. So, um, but you know, you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. But um, but the lights, uh, the lights when they're on automatically uh, put it on high beams. When, when the car believes that you should have high beams. And... I'm like, I, I don't like that decision being yeah. made for me. And on the way in this morning, as a matter of fact, I had to try like fiddle with it to get the high beams off so I didn't offend oncoming. I'm like, mm. why is this a good idea? I don't know. Like, I think it, I've seen cars where if you have your high beams on, it has a sensor 
to where it'll turn them off when oncoming Mm-mm. cars are coming. This was the opposite. It's just huh. like, hey, we believe you should have some more light on this subject. And then the other cool thing about this and people who are people who drive these cars or like, well, like a, a 2022 car, they're <laughs> yeah. like, uh, that's, yeah, um, I've had yeah. that for a long time now. So anyway, the first time I was backing out of the spot at the uh-huh. airport, um, someone was coming pretty far away down the, the lane where I was going to be backing into and the seat rumbled. Oh, dang. I know. I'm like, this, how long you got this one for? Just today. Yeah, I might I'm gonna take it back. It's for gonna you. turn into a pumpkin if I, you know, don't return it. But well, yeah. since we just have a few more minutes before we get to break, I guess we'll keep talking cars here. Um, I'll never forget the first time I was driving a friend of mine's parents or mom's car, and uh, it was freezing. Right, so uh, before we got in, she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna turn the heat on and everything." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I get into her driving, and I, my hands on the steering wheel, and my hand starts like sweating. And I'm like what? I'm like what's happening? And I'm like I'm not nervous or anything. Right, the rest of my body is fine. I'm like what? Like what is? Am I having a panic attack? Like what's happening? Come to find out that the steering wheel mm-hmm. had heaters in it. That blew my mind. Right. Uh, I think it also did the seat vibrate thing, and it had the cameras. It had like the cameras where you could see like a 3D view yes. around your car. Mm-hmm. I was. I felt like I was in a spaceship. Right. Definitely I was in a spaceship, which also goes to show you how uh, little frills the cars that I normally drive. It's it's nice to have them for a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm not sure some of that I could do, especially when it co-ops your decisions about what lights to use. Mm-hmm. Stop that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be blasting people with high beams. Yeah, it's, it's they like, got people yelling at you and you didn't even know you're doing it. I'm getting a rental car, not an autonomous vehicle. Come on. <laughs> I know, it's a robot. Right. Anyways, but uh, stick around. We got more Panhandle Live here after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so in West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, I can tell you still got a little bit of a vacation hangover over there. Man. I can see it. <laughs> it's Monday. I can see it. You always know somebody just got, it's their first day back from vacation. You look over at them, their hands are in their, their heads in their hands. Kind of waiting for the time to pass and you can head home. But, you know, thanks for outing me. Hey, hey thanks, trust bud. me, I'm going to be right there with you. Don't you worry about that. That's I right. Feel like I'm there already. You're when, later this week, right? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, I feel like I'm there already. But, the, you know, and this might sound a little strange, but the best part to me about vacation is coming home. Does okay. that make sense? Well, I mean, after you've you've had enough vacation, sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation. Right. Well, and 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 if you're like me, you've left your house pretty clean. Yes, you know? yes. Now this and that this makes is, your home very pleasant. And this is a topic that we could, I could literally talk for days on because my mom was always a big cleaner before we went, you know, on vacation you somewhere. Did, yes, because you don't want to never want to come back to a dirty house. Or if you die, yeah. <laughs> you don't want people to know how you're That's living. true. That is. I didn't think of it that way. That is true. 
Yeah, you don't want people coming in to, you know, Gosh, look through your stuff. Dishes. They're like, wow. Wow, she was a When's slob. the last time they did laundry? Total slob. Yeah, but you always got you always got to have it clean uh, before you come back. But, you know, when it comes to home, maybe you're trying to sell your home right now. Maybe you're trying to, you know, buy a new house. Well, uh, the waters can be a little crazy. And Liz and her marketing team, Liz, Liz McDonald and the Dangerous Group, her and the marketing team, well, they are trusted by many. And listen, in this most, uh, you know, recent person, I talk to these people a lot and talk to the people that she works with a lot. Uh, and this... A uh, couple, Jeremy and Amanda, right? They were trying to get through the selling of their home in 2018. They decided, you know, they had to get out of the debt. So uh, this is kind of how they were going to do it. Now, they trusted Liz and her process. And within 10 days of listing their home, they sold it. And they were able to stay in the home for an additional month with no charge, which takes oh, wow. a lot of that burden out. You've moved houses before. You know that uh, once that gavel hits... Things start moving pretty quick, but if you get that extra month, uh, you know, that helps things out. So wiggle room. Absolutely. So are you ready to move on to your dream home but still need to sell your current one? It can be a hectic process. It doesn't have to be. All you got to do is call Liz McDonald of the Dandridge Group. She can give you an immediate cash offer for your home without all of the large hidden fees. Uh, So make sure you call Liz today at 304-885-7645, or you can Google the Dandridge Realty Group. That's Google the Dandridge Realty Group and get top dollar for your home. So some other um, items making news, of course, if you've been listening to our product this morning, um, the special session is supposed to begin today. And, um, you know, will we get an income tax, uh, you know, reprieve? Will Mm -hmm. we get, um, you know, relief from that? Will we get a property tax uh, reprieve? So uh, Hoppy on TalkLine today will have Eric Householder. He's a Berkeley County delegate, but he's also the finance chair. We've had him on here before. And uh, he'll talk about, you know, where he thinks, what direction he thinks it's going, et cetera. So um, special session at the end of it, because we, you know, we're flush with cash right now, over a billion dollars in in uh, extra revenue. So I think they think this is the time to really hit this. But there's always the concern that will this be sustainable? There, there's been news recently that PEIA may be having trouble again. Mm-hmm. Will they need to plug those holes so, you know, I'm sure these will be conversations they'll be having. Um, and uh, Eric Householder should be on with Hoppy a little later today. Talk line kicks off at 10.06. So uh, just just be aware of that. A note for the general election this fall. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Secretary of State Mac Warner's office uh, sent out a release recently that they have released the information about uh, four ballot ideas that are on um, for the general election, there are four amendments that are going to be considered by voters. And the text of those amendments have been released by uh, the Secretary of State's office. You can actually see that article at panhandlednewsnetwork.com. And uh, basically, they involve four different things. I'm trying to, uh, the first one is, let's see, um, regarding impeachment of officials. That may not be the first one. Um, Impeachment of officials, how that is is the judiciary's role in impeachment proceedings. And that came up pretty recently because we actually had Supreme Court Mm -hmm. uh, justices that were um, under impeachment as well. Amendment to property tax modernization amendment Uh, article. Let's see. I'm scrolling down because there's a lot of copy in those amendments. That's why I'm not going through all of them. Right. Um, the uh, another amendment: incorporation of religious denominations permitted, and then finally the supervision of the free schools of the state. So, um, 
those are the the copy of those amendments are at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. You can also access them at wvsos.com. Or if you call the Secretary of State's office, they'll mail you a copy. Really? If you do, if you're someone who doesn't really like navigating the internet, they'll mail you a copy. Say so the Go Vote WV site though is is a is a very good <laughs> website. It has everything you need pretty much right there on the front page, which is uh, always nice when. Uh, comes to that stuff because I feel like once you go online, things can get all crazy and hidden and muddy and stuff like that. But not at GoVoteWV.com. So there's one more I want to let you know about. Yep. Um, and and this sounds counterintuitive, but there is actually a deer season yeah. in Martinsburg. Yep. Applications are now open for the annual special urban deer hunt in Martinsburg. Uh, the season runs two different sessions. From September the 5th through the end of the year, and from January 9th through the end of January. And this is bow hunting, right? I'm, I'm assuming. Let me let me finish reading because okay. I'm not Got sure. It. I'm going to up to here. I'm not sure. Let's see. Um, applications to hunt on city property are due no later than August 26th, after which hunters will be selected by lottery. There are no deadlines for tracked registration or for hunters with written permission of property owners. Uh, it doesn't say if, they're, if it's bow or... It's got to be. It's got to be bow hunting. If it's in city limits, it's got to be okay. bow hunting. Right? Hunting permits. Well, maybe maybe someone from the city is listening and they can. Yeah, cro- um, uh, hunting will be by bow and arrow or crossbow only. Thank you. All shots will be taken from a tree stand at least ten feet from the ground and facing the interior of the property. Stands should be located in such a way to direct all arrow and bolts into the interior of the property. Hunting permits are twenty five dollars payable when the permit is issued. No hunting shall take place within 150 feet of any structure, 500 feet from the property boundary of a parcel containing a school. You get that. Don't go hunting near school. I mean, goodness. So, yeah, I, I remember hearing about this last year and was very mm-hmm. intrigued by it. I was like, urban hunting, urban deer management. But, you know, with that said, um, I was, uh, where was I at? I can't remember where I was coming through through town the other day. Right downtown, but a bunch of deer ran across the road. What? Downtown? Yeah. That's why they need to be managed. Is it? Was it here? Oh, no, it's out Rockcliffe Drive area. So I guess that's a little bit that's more still, wooded still, out there, but there's a lot of traffic and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. I think that's a very interesting thing that the city so does. So you know treat. how during regular deer season, you, you might go to a, a local cafe and you see guys coming in mm-hmm. and they're wearing their, you know, blaze of orange and it's clear they've been out in the woods. You look and out and they got a deer strapped to the front of their hood of their car. So yeah, as, as it <laughs> will happen. But like, so during an urban deer hunt, are these guys just, you know, yeah, heading dre- into the blue white with their bows and arrows. <laughs> Is, do they look they like Robin like Hood? They, I look like I could go hunt right now. Yeah, I got a vest. A little on. vest. I got green. Do you? Are you compelled to wear a blaze orange safety vest if you're hunting in city limits? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. observe all those yeah. sa- safety protocols. Hmm. I think that'll be a sight. September fifth. It definitely 5th? will be. It definitely will be. I, I'll I wonder be if they'll uh, they'll be out there in force or like you know. I wonder where the good hunting spots are in town. Definitely got to be down around Oatsdale Park. Okay. There's all those woods down there. I'm trying to think. So could you go on the top of an apartment building, let's say, oh. theoretically, and pick <laughs> off a deer? Yeah. From- could you imagine just picture, <laughs> picture somebody driving through it or on a road trip vacation, right? They're from who knows where, USA, and they're driving through like, man, downtown Mart- Martinsburg is such a such nice little town. Look how nice everybody's waving. Everybody's having a good time. And they look up at the top of the building, and there's 40 deer hunters with their <laughs> bows ready. <laughs> be like a medieval, a medieval siege is happening. We're just having our Renaissance fair. Like, yeah, no well, one else knows about it but the hunters. But. <laughs> they're all up on their roofs.
Ugh. Well, that will be an interesting <laughs> the one. The old deer hunt. That will be an interesting one, that's for sure. But stick around. Coming up after the break, we're going to keep chatting with the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction uh, from this year. We have a pretty cool one uh, mm-hmm. this time, Marcia. Carol Assam. That's right. So stick around. It's after the break here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, our next guest is joining us in studio. Absolutely. As you know, we've been highlighting the Girl Scouts Nation's Capital Women of Distinction and uh we're happy to have in studio one of the honorees. It's Carol Awesome. Uh, awesome. Awesome. That's right, Carol. Uh, I've been mis- mispronouncing it for for days now. I'm so sorry, but welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here and on that. So um, the event is happening in October. The actual luncheon is Wednesday, October 12th, 1130 a.m. at the Holiday Inn. I know the the organization is still taking sponsorships and tickets are available uh, by contacting uh, Bernice Collis or Betsy Thurston. And it's a great opportunity not only to meet the women of distinction, but hear a lot of amazing stories. And uh, let's listen and hear a little bit about your story. Um, how did you get to the Panhandle? Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, growing up, where you did and how you did and all that. Well, I, um, I'm i just delighted to be here and honored, as I said before. But I obviously didn't grow up in this country. And um, I grew up in Sheffield, England. And to very humble beginnings, actually, um, my mother was widowed at a very young age and left with my two half-brothers, and I was about 12 at the time. So, um, you know, things weren't easy, and we didn't have, you know, a posh house, but we were never hungry, mm-hmm. and we never knew we were poor. There were other kids down the road that were poorer than we were, but um, we obviously were. But um, just as a quick brief for pe- young people listening today, when I was in school, they had uh, a countrywide state system that um, you had. You took an exam called the 11 plus, literally when you were 11 years old. And if you didn't pass that exam, you had no chance whatsoever to go on to college or university. Your fate was done at 11 years old. So that meant A little that bit of pressure, huh? Well, yeah. (laughs) And so that meant that at 15, you went out into the full workforce, and and that's what you did. And sadly, it closed many doors for you because you didn't have that sheepskin to just even get through the door. So um, I went out to work at 15 years old. But during that time... I had um, joined, I'd, always, I'd been the brownie and, you know, we girl guides, we call them in mm-hmm. England, mm-hmm. as opposed to Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. But then I had always this idea that I wanted to go into the military. 
So I was fortunate enough to find out that there was an organization called the Girls Not Little Training Corps, which is now amalgamated with the Sea Cadet Corps. But, um, <clears throat> and so I, it, it was almost like equivalent to what the ROTC here mm-hmm. is. And so I joined that and that sort of gave me lots of confidence. So, so what what kind of drove you to go military wise when you you know you're already kind of in the work for I feel like in the US you know say you get out of high school and you don't have any prospects going to college people just kind of default to the military but you said you were already in the workforce you're already kind of working so what kind of drew you there Um I think I had this cousin that I idolized and you know how somebody always has someone in your life and and she joined the navy and I thought oh, Oh, it's so brilliant, you mm-hmm. know. And then, obviously, during um, my time as a cadet, we had people come, recruiters come mm. and speaking. And it sounded like a wonderful thing to do. It gave you a career. It taught you things that you couldn't possibly have learned in civilian life. And all the sports that you could <laughs> probably want to do and again it was all for free wow and the fortunate thing is at the time there were no wars on and so i was lucky that i never was called into combat and sometimes when i'm called a veteran i think you know veteran somebody that's actually and it used to be that someone has actually seen war Mm -hmm. but as friends have often reminded me i was there or we were there if it had happened, you were we willing. You were willing to step yes, up. Yes. We so, what capacity did you serve? What kind of jobs did you have then in the military? Um, I actually was in communications, and uh, I learned um, cipher and signaling and coding, and uh, and that actually led me to be able. To, when I left the navy after four and a half years. Because I had learned these skills in the Navy, which is what I try and tell young people today, learn a skill, have a job, you know, be completely self-sufficient, you know, be able to slam your own door if you want to. (laughs) And so that in itself opened an opportunity for me to be able to join the British Foreign Service in London, which never, ever would I have achieved had I not had a military career and learned this skill. And and what does one do in the British Foreign Service? Exactly what I did in the Navy. Okay. <laughs> Just a little different title. Yes. <laughs> oh, say, yeah, those headphones are a little crazy. Sorry about those things. Slipped off, it's right. Yeah, those headphones are nuts. Mm. So tell us about how you ended up here in the, in the States. Well, because of my... Uh, uh, service with the Foreign Service, I was sent over to America to do three years. America was the last place in the world I wanted to come to. No, why is that? Because it was too like what I knew. I wanted to go somewhere stinky and smelly and exotic. <laughs> feel like you're it out there a little be. bit. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. can be in spots. Yeah. So I, can, I can take you to some spots here in the Panhandle. <laughs> yeah, I've been lost a couple of times. <laughs> But then I just wanted something that was mystique, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. And this was, to me, in my mind, 
too much like what they knew. You yeah, didn't have to learn from. another language necessarily. Right. Well, I did actually, <laughs> because a lot of the terminology that is spoken in America is not the same. So when I go back to England, my friends all now say, or people will say to me, oh, are you American? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm over here and people say, oh, are you English? So I'm neither one or the other, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm seems, the in between. Well, it seems like you liked your stay at least a little bit since you're still here. Well, I was planning to be here for um, three years and then go back to England and, you know, do something else and you know, far, travel or get a foreign job or whatever until my colleagues sort of fixed me up. Um, the, um, from the British Embassy, there was a restaurant up the road, a British restaurant, Mm -hmm. obviously, that my colleagues always used to go to. And there happened to be this single, never-been-married man, surprisingly, (laughs) and I was not young then anymore either, and I'd never been married, and it was not on my cards. You know, you're you're busy. Yeah, I didn't have time to get married. Children, who wants children? (laughs) And um, so I was um, taken with this a couple that I I worked with, and sort of met my husband and Owen Azam, who was a German Mm -hmm. running a British restaurant. Hmm. And um, as they say. That's the end of the story, really. <laughs> or the beginning of <laughs> or the beginning one, right? of a new a new chapter right. in my life. You know, very neat. And so, so, um, <clears throat> so then it, it was decided you were going to stay here. Well, um, once um, we decided to get married, I then could no longer stay and work in my job because um, I became a security risk because my clearance was so high. So I had to leave. And then because Owen was working restaurant hours, it wasn't convenient for me to get a nine-to-five job anywhere. We'd never have seen each other, you know. So I was a stay-at-home wife for a very short time. Um, Eventually had a son, Christian, and then two years, practically to the day, they're born a, a day apart. And, um, except for two years, and then we had David. And then um, one day my husband came home and said, you know, I've got this place that I think we should go and look at. And I said, well, where is it? And he said, actually, it's in West Virginia. I said, what? (laughs) Where? (laughs) Where? (laughs) And I'd always been a city girl. I'd was born in the city, mm-hmm. always worked in cities, and where else was there to go? You know, I was too young yeah. to go to the country. Everything's in the city. We'll yes, leave. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so we came out to Shepherdstown, and we saw the Bavarian Inn, and sadly, it didn't look the way it looks today. And I would say to my husband, well, who's ever going to come and eat here? <laughs> Shepherdstown was boarded up like Hurricane Alley, you know, there were no shops except a grocery store and... And this was around 77, 1977? Yes, yes, we came in 77. Christian was two years old and David was two months old. Hmm. 
And so we sold everything and moved out to Shepherdstown, West Virginia. And as I told everybody, I truly almost had my husband committed. I oh, wow. <laughs> well, say I'm looking on your website on the BavarianInnWV.com on the website. Uh, you have a little history thing here. And looking at what was then Greystone Manor, uh, it doesn't look anything like it does today. Exactly. And as my husband often would say that, you know, I used to have a nice place here until the sons came in and ruined it all. <laughs> but in our day, it worked for us because this is what people wanted. They, If you went out for dinner, it was an evening. Mm-hmm. You went out for the evening. And the white tablecloths and people dressed up and, and it was an evening's entertainment. But when our sons came in, unfortunately, they saw what was needed today and they just evolved it into the brewery mm-hmm. and the infinity pool and the less formal dining because people go out now and they are having a quick bite to eat and then go gone and doing something else. Right. It's not a whole evening's entertainment like it. So you've seen pretty much an evolution <clears throat> almost you know 45 yeah. years later. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's it's a totally different place but I'm happy to say that we're very, very proud of our sons because what they've done is just evolved for what we started. And when you look back at where it was to where it is now and and how it's a destination in itself, you've got to be proud. We are, and we're immensely proud. And we're proud of the fact that um, it's become a family tradition. Mm -hmm. We didn't convince us and we never brought them up to say you will be in this business this is what you will do and you said go off go into the world do whatever you want to do which they did for a while and then it was their choice to come back our guest this morning carol awesome and uh you know she's one of the girl scouts nation's capital women of distinction who will be honored wednesday october 12th at a luncheon 11 30 a.m. at the Holiday Inn here in Martinsburg. And of course, we get these little bios, little write ups uh, to talk about the women of distinction. And some of the accolades uh, talk about you being a beacon in the community, a great volunteer. You know, when you think about an inspiring life of someone who was already serving, served in the military, and then um, served as a, as a wife and mother as well, and as a business person, you know, uh, you know rehabbing an entire property and making it into a destination. All of those things are very inspiring. But then talking about your your work as a volunteer, CASA of the uh, Eastern Panhandle, hospice, and one of the notes I believe written by Maria was that you visit veterans, especially women veterans, at the, at the end of their lives, present them with certificates of appreciation. And the fact that you are bilingual uh, is very uh, meaningful to some of the veterans that you've been able to speak to. I was um, called to give this certificate of appreciation for serving their country um, through the state of West Virginia for hospice and to this German lady who was in a nursing home. And sadly, by the time I got to her, she was not communicating. Mm -hmm. But um, I 
I must have driven the woman in the bed next to her crazy because I was talking half in German and then I would speak it in English because she'd lived in this country mm-hmm. many years. But you don't know what she'd reverted to. Mm-hmm. And But I could see a recognition in her eyes, her eyes were glistening. And then the second time I went to see her, she got a hold of my hand and wouldn't let it go. Wow. Wow. And wouldn't let it go. And I'm gibbering away and just saying anything that comes into my mind. And her eyes were watching me and glistening. And and obviously something was getting through. But her grip was so tight on my hand that I couldn't break it. I mm. couldn't let go. And I'd been there some time and I had to go on to another meeting. I think I had the CASA meeting. But I couldn't break the grip. And I was thinking... Please bring luncheon. You know, do something. <laughs> Somebody break it so for me. I gotta feel my hand. <laughs> no, well, no, not so much. That is that I didn't want to be the one that yeah. took right. the contact away. Right. I wanted somebody to come in and say, "Here's your lunch, ma'am." You know, and and then I could go. But other accolades <clears throat> include that you're very active in your in your church, the in the Rotary Club, and uh, one of the things I I don't know how how to how I'd feel about it. anyone who knows Carol knows she has a tough as nails. Exterior, it says, but is giving and compassionate to so many. A two-time breast cancer survivor, she's been known to visit women in the community who are recently diagnosed to share her experience and empathy. That's something some people could just recoil and just be private about, but you decided to take a different tact. We, and I think it's important that it's not easy to talk about. And in the when you first are diagnosed, it's... You think it's a death sentence. Fortunately, I mean, I'm like a 20-year survivor. And now, 20 years later, I can honestly say it is not a death sentence by any manner of means. Where it was 20 years ago. And it has come so far. And um, so, you know, I felt sorry for myself. And I cried and, you know, and and then I just... So I had to pull myself together and get on with it, you know. And we have a group in Shepherdstown, but it's just our own group, but there is a wider group of breast cancer survivors. And um, we meet like once a month hmm. and we chat. And But it's not all gloom and doom. A lot of it is what new things each one of us have learned. And there's a wonderful lady who's part of our group, and she does trials for breast cancer. And she said, I'm here today because people did trials before me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is her way of giving back. And we're speaking with Carol Assam, uh, Girl Scouts, this women, Girl Scouts, Women of Distinction. Again, the uh, Jubilee, the luncheon is happening Wednesday, October 12th of this year at 1130 in the morning at the Holiday Inn. Um, I do want to ask you one more question here before we let you go, because unfortunately we have to get to our last break before the top of the hour. Now, you said you're from Sheffield over in the UK. Now, I got to ask you, and you said that your husband, he was a chef at Piccadilly Restaurant in That's DC, an uh, English restaurant as a German cooking. So... Uh, we know the Germans are known for good food. We know Sheffield, what, 
Sausage rolls, bacon rolls, Yorkshire, Yorkshire puddings, puddings, Yorkshire puddings. Stews. Did he make it? With, did, is that how he how he got you? He it's just made you a bunch of puddings. Oh, yeah, like that? oh yeah. I I tell everybody he got to me through my stomach because <laughs> he fed me. <laughs> well, hey, if he's got any uh, Yorkshire puddings or anything, and he wants to bring them down here. Tell him to bring him on down, all right? Right, I Absolutely. will do. <laughs> well, Carol, congratulations. This is a thank huge you honor. Thank you so much. Uh, you and the rest of the ladies that are all being honored are so deserving, and thank you for spending a little bit of time with us this morning. I appreciate it, and I just hope it encourages other young women to you know, pick up, and they can do anything they want to be. Absolutely. Oh, and one more question, Sheffield question. Are you a uh, football fan at all? No, but my brother is, and it's got to be Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, I was going to say United <laughs> or Wednesday. Oh, no. We lived across the road from United, but they went to the other side of town to support. Oh, wow. Wednesday. How's that allowed? <laughs> well, Carol, thank you. I You're appreciate very it. Welcome. Thank stick you around so for, much for having me. And stick around for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we had Carol Azam from the, or well, she is the one of the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction for this year. And what an amazing conversation that was. It's you you just don't know what kind of greatness is in the community and to take those kind of risks that she did as a very young lady yeah. uh, to join the military there do do some things that weren't really you know standard issue for mm-hmm. for girls back then and uh, make such a, an impact and then and then dang it that what yorkshire pudding just oh have you ever seen yorkshire puddings like things like mm-mm. that oh they look so good so sausage roll and like bacon roll is just a roll with sausage and and or bacon in it uh but the yorkshire puddings we don't have enough time for what we might <laughs> say uh, i just want to at least show you um show you what they look like See, but they're just big you'd old marry pastry. A girl it's not if pudding. she can make you one maybe it's not like pudding like we think of it it's uh it's a pastry oh right and it's got things good. in it you can have different meats and you know whatever inside of the pudding but the it, it's this big pastry it looks delicious so that does look lo- that delicious look good? Wow. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, if you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. And it was quite the interesting one. You can find it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. And listen in to Talkline, Top of the Hour with Hoppy Kirchival. Uh, they'll be talking about the special session. That's right. Absolutely. Well, uh, Marcia, you got anything else as we are slowly winding down the clock here? No, it's been a Monday. <laughs> Monday and a half. It's been a Monday, a Sunday, a Saturday, a Friday. I hope people have their um, power back on. Oh, Who yeah. lost their power over the weekend. Yeah, if you uh, are still dealing with power issues, send us a message over on our Facebook page and we can get that information out a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was quite the strange storm. But for Marsha, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you WEPM tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.